but we, we grew to a point where, where I was in a, in a pretty good place, but in order to stay in that pretty good place, I had to really bust my butt. And as a result, over time, you get tired and you get burnt out and you get worn down. And when you do that, you, you start to make mistakes and sometimes you, you don't do things for the right reasons. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former Army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up, you amazing abundant leader? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, proving to you that you can, in fact, live a life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness on your way to having more. Speaking of having more, I'm super excited right now because I'm in the process of planning our very first RV trip. That's right, we finally bought our RV and super excited. It's in storage just down the street. I keep going and looking at it. I'm like a kid in a candy store, a kid at Christmas. Like, I'm just super excited. I can't say enough about it. Uh, and I'm planning the first trip. We're going to stay right here in Florida for the first couple of trips. And then this summer, we're definitely going to be heading down to Texas and hang out with my son down around the Colleen and Fort Hood area. And we're going to hit up a couple of travel parks along the way. So we're super excited about that. And I share that kind of stuff with you, not to boast and not to brag, but really just to impose upon you the possibility of what you can do in your life with the abundance mindset. We, I've been in the position to purchase this RV and take on the RV lifestyle for many years now. We just really been looking around and shopping around and taking our time with it because we have that. We have the time to do that. Funny thing is, while we were at the dealer, I got to tell you, I think my wife and I were by far the youngest kids in the entire at the entire dealership. And this was a huge dealership. It was almost like everybody was looking at us like, what the heck are you doing here? All of these people were definitely retired and well into their, well, let's just say they were older than my wife and I by a good 20 years at the very least. And it was nice to be there, my wife and I, being, being there during the week, no worries at all about a job or reporting to anybody and doing our thing and having the capability of, you know, getting what we wanted and having the time to go and enjoy this new toy that we have. Again, it it's all possible because of the abundance mindset and taking the right action. So I just share that with you because I want you to know that I am living this life of abundance because of my mindset and decisions I've made and the actions I've taken. So, and by all means, of course, as far as I'm concerned, the grace of God and divine intervention. Now, I'll tell you, it is like anything else. Having this abundance mindset is like taking a shower. They work great when you take the shower, but you got to take another one the next day or at least a couple days later, right? It's the same thing with these conversations on Men of Abundance and other books and audios and other podcasts that I listen to because I'm constantly growing my mind and improving my mindset which is exactly what you're doing right now by listening to this episode, by listening to Men of Abundance, and by taking in these conversations. The next step to living a life of abundance, and you should know this if you've been listening for any amount of time, is paying it forward. 
you absolutely have to pay it forward. Pay forward your time, treasures, and talents. Pay forward your knowledge. And your knowledge right now is this Men of Abundance podcast. You know it exists. These conversations are helping you. So along with improving your mindset, you absolutely have to pay it forward. And you can do that right now. You can be abundant in your actions today, right this minute. If you're listening to my voice right now on your phone and you have the podcast app open, take a screenshot of the Men of Abundance podcast screen. Share it on social media. Share it on Instagram. Share it, share it out on Facebook. There are buttons underneath the podcast player where you can share it right there from the podcast player and just type something out and whatever you're getting out of it and share it out there. Hashtag Men of Abundance. Tag me in it so that I can find it to give you a shout out and a huge thank you. And by the way, the people that will find that episode as a result of you sharing it are going to be extremely thankful, just as you were when you first discovered Men of Abundance. All right, let's get into our conversation today. Our featured guest today is Tim Michael. He is a creator, best-selling author, and podcast host of The Ten Factor. Using his 10-month success blueprint, Tim helps consultants and entrepreneurs create a thriving business built around their ideal lifestyle. Like many successful entrepreneurs, Tim failed his way to success. In 2008, he lost $334,000 after resigning from a 12-year corporate management career to pursue his side business full-time. His business grew exponentially, but one bad business deal left Tim's company almost bankrupt. Tapping into emergency funds, he fought back and restructured the business, resulting in a new profit-producing model requiring less than 40% effort. Seeing an opportunity to give back and help other struggling entrepreneurs, Tim reverse-engineered his process, validating it with top entrepreneurs, and created a 10-month roadmap, The 10 Factor. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Tim Michael. Tim, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing? Hey, Wally. Thanks. Awesome to be here today. Yeah, absolutely, man. I've been looking forward to this. Where are you at in the world? I'm in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. So I'm in the uh, little bit outside of D.C., Baltimore County, Maryland, and that's nestled right here on the East Coast. Have not, I have not been there yet, so I'm looking forward to that when I get my RV in the next year or so. <laughs> that's going to be our thing. <laughs> Good deal. Yeah, for sure. So i like to start out with an attitude of gratitude, man. What do you have to be grateful for today? Well, I, just just being here. It's uh, we're, we're going through a, a pretty crazy time right now in the world. And I, I think people are, including myself, are realizing what's important and what maybe isn't so important. So the, the very basic needs of, of people that I think somewhat has, has been taken for granted for so many years is, is becoming something that's really grateful for. One of the biggest things being health. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't it seem kind of like a reset of sorts? It, it does because it, it seems like about every decade or so that – you go through these economic turns where there, there's a mini recession or the stock market dumps or whatever is going to happen. Or there's some sort of a, a national or international crisis that, that causes a whole flood of changes. But but this is this is a once in a lifetime kind of a thing. And I, and I think what it's what it's done, I mean, even at, even with the children is it's it's just it's going to it's changed how we do life. But I don't think anybody really has the crystal ball looking forward to say how life is going to be in the future. So it's it's 
it's forced people to just kind of slow down and live in the moment and enjoy what they have versus trying to predict the future. No, I totally agree with that. It's There's a lot of predictions from all the so-called experts out there, and some of it I can see, and others I'm just like, you know, whatever. But the reset is the reset thought process, even with, goodness, pollution has decreased in a lot of places. So many different things have really just kind of been reset. And it's it's interesting. Even a lot of people are re- reevaluating their, their career plans. Businesses are saying, oh, darn, I guess I should have had certain things in place so that I wouldn't be struggling right now. And they're either deciding to move on to something else or completely reset their that whole process so yeah it's just it's just really interesting and who could have called it right well that that's just it Uh, life happens and sometimes you you i I mean as entrepreneurs we're we're always taught and, and i teach and i'm sure you teach the same thing to to plan and you always are working the plan and you're always working on your business and trying not to work in your business and mm-hmm. and what what i think has happened here is people are realizing that the plan really does have to be fluid and people are being forced now to to dig deep and and i think a lot of people have come become complacent with not doing things that they know they should have been doing and now it's just biting them big yeah. time. Yeah, for sure. And especially in my experience and talking with, I've been so, just so much busier over the last couple of weeks, but talking with so many business owners, even over the last couple of years, there's things that they just don't know that they should have been implementing. And those things are now hurting them seriously. And we can go all into all that kind of stuff at another time between you and I, but here, I really want to get into your story because we talked a little bit about before I got started here, talked about you professionally and what you've been up to, but we like to get to know the man behind the abundance. So if you would, how would you describe yourself? Well, I'm, I kind of followed that traditional track. I I knew growing up, I was always good in math. That was just something that I was was good in. Was always somewhat athletic, so I was always active, and and seemed like whatever I got involved in, I would kind of become the leader, if you will. So you know, in the sports teams, I was always the captain and things like that. So I decided that engineering for me was was the right path to go into. And, and as I went to college, I went to Virginia Tech here on the East Coast. And as I got into my first year or two, I realized that I didn't really want to sit at a desk all day long, didn't want to didn't want just be a designer where I just sat at a desk or a computer 40 hours a week and did the same thing redundantly. So as a result, I, I shifted more into the, into the construction management role within civil engineering because I thought that was good fit for me and that's where my career started so I spent about a dozen years working for a nationwide large commercial contractor in in the management end before I I started my own business back in 2007 and then it started as a side hustle and by 2008 I was ready to make the jump so I became a full-time entrepreneur left my 12-year corporate job and ventured out on my own. And then that that went along for, for several years. Grew the company pretty quickly out of the gates, was was successful. 
uh, did everything that I had wanted to do on that end. Family started to grow. And then what happened was then my business ran into some rocky times almost a decade into business ownership, which led me to really what I do today, which was a was a complete pivot. Wow. Yeah, it, that is it, it, when you say that. <laughs> I was thinking of somebody that I've been introduced to several times and met a couple of times is Pat Flynn, <laughs> but he was in, he was in an architect, but kind of the same thing. It's it's a similar story in that uh, I like that you started the side hustle. What made you start the side hustle as opposed to just going all in on what you wanted to do and get out of the whole corporate life? Well, I had a good job. Uh, I had a secure job. I was making good money. I was moving up relatively fast, at least on a corporate ladder, which was a flat rise. It wasn't leaps and bounds, but I was I was in a position where if I stayed with that job, I would be comfortable pretty much until retirement. It was the type of company where they typically hired out of school and you stayed there until you retired. And that was that was how you made your way up the up the ladder into upper management. And there was a couple elements of that that were were deal breakers for me. And one was the travel. There was extended travel involved. I spent spent a couple of years on the West Coast in my twenties and spent some time traveling around here on the East Coast and was was bidding work all over the country. And we were we were client based. So when you have an, a national client, they tend to do work in more than one place. So as my client base grew, my my clients had needs. The opportunity for me to stay at home uh, was was not really going to be afforded for much longer. So that was a, that was one issue, and the other issue was was trying to replace two incomes and create a a stay at home type of a of an upbringing for my kids with one stay at home parent and one working, and I wasn't making quite enough money to make that happen. So those two things got my my head moving and the wheels turning and trying to figure out where I wanted to be. And I, I started this, this side hustle started a little small local remodeling company doing mostly residential, a little bit of small commercial work, which was not the same kind of work I had been doing for the other business. And that started to take off on nights and weekends. And I was being really careful not to uh, rob Peter to pay Paul as I was doing that. And it got to the point where I was just really, really getting busy. And that went on for about 15 months. And as it played out, I was getting close to making that decision. Do I leave or stay with the corporate job? When I, on a Friday afternoon, got a call to come down to the corporate office. And they said, we're shipping you out of town to go do a job. Up in New York, that's a problem job. We were in the process of trying to have the first kid, and it's just the timing wasn't right. So I pushed back and told him I can't go. Told him I'm doing this other thing on the side, and I have commitments here, and you got to find somebody else, which wasn't obviously wasn't received very well from the <laughs> I would think from not. the bosses. But yeah. but it, as it was, they found somebody else, and. Within almost immediately after that, I gave my notice, and that's when I became a full-time entrepreneur. So that was April of 2008, and that's what set me off on this journey that I'm on now. And that that right there specifically was a scary time to uh, step out on your own, was it not? Well, yeah. Because of the time frame. 
Oh, trust me, as they were as they were running me up and down the hall talking to the upper management, every, every one of them said, hey, we're in a recession. <laughs> you know, what are you doing? <laughs> so well, it's actually a good time to start a business in a recession. Which, Imagine that. Yeah, it I really like is. like how you think, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. It's like it is now, in a way. There's many other opportunities that um, are presenting themselves that are just different, just different ways of doing business. And That's true, but I, I see it as being different now. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, it frustrates me a little bit to see what some of what I've seen out there from people that I, I had a lot of respect for on social media and, and different avenues that are when, when you start a business, there's some very fundamental things that you need to do. And one of the most fundamental things is is having a, a clear idea of what you're doing, having clarity mm-hmm. and, and building a, a solid foundation. And I and I feel like right now people are jumping the gun and they're they're starting a business without having any clarity because nobody knows how you're going to be actually able to do business coming out of what we're going through on an international scale. So I feel like there are some behind the scenes things that you can be doing to prepare yourself when the time is right. But there's also, I think a lot of people that are going to start a business out of desperation and you never want to do anything out of desperation because it usually fails. So there's just some thoughts on that. I'm sure you, you probably have seen some similar things to what I'm talking about there. There's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And when I left corporate world in 2008 I left on my terms and right now there's a lot of people that are not starting on their own terms and that's scary yeah no you're absolutely right I I do agree with that and there's many different scenarios and and different cases and examples of what you're talking about that I've personally seen because business as we know it a month ago two months ago it, it has changed forever in some industries and for others it's just going to be business as usual. But to start a new business, it is a different, completely different time, uh, different from the 2008 time frame. So one of the conversations I like to have in talking about this, there's a lot of kick in the gut moments going on right now that people would have never considered. But along the way, you must have had at least a couple kick in the gut moments, if not several, as many of us have, I'd like for you to share with us one of those kick in the gut moments and really make us feel that. And then we're going to get into what you learned from that and what you're doing with that information. So for me, the biggest one is what led me to, to the 10 factor, which is really what I do. And that was, I I had this business that took off and as it took off, we grew and I did the same thing bunch of other entrepreneurs do. I eventually became the bottleneck in my own business. And as a result, we, we grew exponentially and then we kind of leveled and we, we stayed at a, at a fairly even keel for several years, which isn't always a bad thing. Cause I always tell business owners that you, you're going to grow to a point and there's really no right or wrong with how big your business gets or, or how far it goes or you kind of have to look at the whole big picture as, as to life and, and where you want to be. But we, we grew to a point where, where I was in a, in a pretty good place. But in order to stay in that pretty good place, I had to really bust my butt. And as a result, over time, you get tired and you get burnt out and you get worn down. And when you do that, you, you start to make mistakes and sometimes you 
you don't do things for the right reasons. Not not I'm not talking about illegal or unethically. I'm just talking about you may not um, be at your best self for performance wise, where maybe you're doing something yourself that you could hire somebody else as a as a subcontractor, as a as an outsource partner that might be able to do a better job than you and free up some of your time to concentrate on running your business and what, what you should be doing as a as an entrepreneur to keep things running like they should. So anyway, I got myself into a little bit of a of a nasty business deal where I was trying to help somebody out and took on a pretty risky project with a with a promise of payment on the back end. So we fronted a whole bunch of money, devoted a whole bunch of resources to it and a whole bunch of time. And then that promise never came through on the backside. So when that happened, it took my company from stable good cash position type company to upside down almost overnight. And, and that led me to go back and go into, I guess what a lot of people are in with their businesses right now, which is like that disaster mode and, and figure out what I was doing wrong and what I was doing right. And I didn't have a whole lot of time or money at that point to, to make a wrong decision. So I, I cut the fat and went back to the basics and changed a lot, made a bunch of drastic changes very quickly. And when that happened, the, the business grew back up quickly and got back on its feet and didn't end up like a statistic like most do, 90-some percent that eventually fail. We didn't end up like that. We, we recovered. But, but through that process, what, what happened was I realized that a decade before that, when I had been setting my business up from ground zero, there was a lot that I had learned from the 100-year-old company that I had worked for that I took for granted. So I set up redundancies that allowed me to weather the storm, where otherwise I wouldn't have had a chance. And then, then I had this epiphany. I said, gosh, there's a lot of business owners out there. Because then I started listening and talking to more people and, and learning and realizing that so many business owners really don't understand the business side of business. They just know that they know how to do something and somebody's going to buy what they're going to you know, produce, whether it be a product or a service. And they go out there and they just take all this risk and they, they start out and that's, that's the American dream, right? And mm-hmm. that's great, but look how many people fail doing that. So I realized that, hey, if, if somebody can quantify this and – and kind of give somebody a recipe or a playbook of the steps that that I went through, kind of recreate history or reverse engineer it, that that could help some people. So that that was what led me to turning my own problem or that that bad point in business into a positive and spending it to help other people. And that's that's what led me to creating a ten month program and and authoring a book and and getting into the coaching realm to help other small businesses. So that's kind of what I, what I do now. That's wonderful. And thank you for doing that because that's everything you just said is exactly what I've found over the last couple of years of specifically doing what I do in business and marketing strategies, because a lot of these folks, man, they're just absolutely amazing chiropractors and attorneys and HVAC techs and you name it, dog walkers, but they 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 know very very little about business strategies and marketing, and even less about the the managing of the books. When I ask, I don't know about you, but when I ask certain business owners, they'll they'll come to me and go, "Well, Wally, why is it that I made you know four hundred thousand dollars last year in revenue according to my tax records, but where's the money? I'm broke." 
And I'm right. like, well, let me see your financials. And they give me their credit card statements and their tax records. <laughs> and I'm like, well, here's part of your problem. They don't know how to read P&Ls. They don't know anything about cash flow. They know nothing about accounts receivable, accounts payable. They just don't understand that stuff. So they're losing big time. Yeah, and, and it's it's very difficult to make money on paper and and not have money because a lot of successful business owners may tell you we're not making money on paper, but we have money. It's yeah. almost flipped around. It it it. So the the whole the whole perception of taking all your receipts and putting them in a shoebox and giving them to your accountant at the end of the year to do your personal taxes. Well, that's all well and good, but when you're running a business, that that doesn't doesn't work very well. And that's fortunately what a lot of people do. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It is unfortunate. But, you know, as soon as they sit down with somebody like, like you, then it's kind of easy to figure out. If you got somebody, even just a simple bookkeeper that you pay 50 bucks an hour for to do your books once a week or something like that. Yeah, most people that are going to come to to me are either the people that tend to, I guess that I tend to attract, generally have a, a good business already in the sense that they, they're they're usually not a brand new business owner. Mm-hmm. They've been doing it a while, and and they've they've kind of hit that point where where they are the bottleneck in their business, or they're they're just burnt out or tired, and they, they're or they just can't get over that hump. And they they can't they know that they got a good thing. They just can't figure out how to get to that next level. And I tell people all the time, it's usually well, number one, you have to be coachable. Mm-hmm. So if you if you're bullheaded and you're not going to listen, then don't give me your money because you're just going to be you're just going to be piddling it away. You have to be receptive to mm-hmm. to making the tweaks and the adjustments to your business. But but a lot of times these businesses are, are one or two minor changes away from really changing the game, and and that could be hiring a bookkeeper or hiring an accountant or uh, teaming up with somebody to to help you take some of the load off or a virtual assistant. I mean, there's so many different avenues you can go to what, what I like to term is shedding the load where you're, you're taking the, the load off of yourself. And, and this is counterintuitive to a lot of people, but uh, people will tell you that you need to work on your weaknesses. Well, as a successful business owner, a lot of times you want to work on your strengths and you want to hire out your weaknesses and people don't really get that. Oh, I absolutely agree with that. I spend no time working on my, I write a check. <laughs> I don't, if it's an area that either I'm weak in or I just don't care to do, I'll hire somebody. And I, and I suggest the same to anybody else, specifically in business, because it's going to take away from your zone when you're in the zone and you're just doing what you, you should do, what you're good at. Uh, I totally agree with that. And and thanks for clarifying that, too, because it's very important. That was one of my questions I was going to ask you coming up is who specifically do you, you know, work with? Who are your, who are your ideal clients? And that pretty much clarified it. Do you have anything else specific? Well, I, I mean, my, my sweet spot is is going to be a not, not just a small business, but a very small business. So typically like 10 employees or less is, is generally going to be the people that I I work with. I mean, that fluctuates a little bit on a on a need basis, but that's generally what I go after. Uh, a lot of businesses in the construction side come to me just because I've got twenty plus years experience in that. So I, I still do some expert witness work and things like that. So on the consulting end, so so those 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 type of clients for me, we can really really get into some of the minutia on a niche down basis of 
of what they're doing. And then they're then in other realms of business, they come to me for general business like we, we talked about, figuring out how to get their marketing straight and this and that or their bookkeeping, stuff like that. So that that's the two people that I serve the most. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Again, again, thanks for clarifying that. That's important for me to know. So as far as give us some advice that, that you've kind of changed up because I've had to change up some of the things that I do for what's going on right now. Have you changed anything up as far as what you're teaching business owners that you're working with that are going through this whole process that, that we're going through right now with the COVID-19 and the lockdown and everything else involved? Well, well, don't do anything crazy is, is the first thing. You don't, you can't predict the future. You, we've never had a crystal ball, but right now it's, it's even, uh, it's even more slated than before against you to, to know what's going to happen in the future. So I've been spending my time behind the scenes, reinforcing some of the things that we already do to be better coming out of the gate. Like for example, contractors that are now trying to figure out how to do more contactless interactions with clients. Mm -hmm. How does somebody who is normally in and out of a business or in and out of somebody's house several times a day still maintain that, that level of cleanliness and take the fear factor of transmitting potential deadly virus in and out every time where, where you have these exposures? How do you take existing systems and replace them with something that's using technology. Like for example, are you still handing somebody a physical paper invoice and they're writing you a check or are you um, sending them an online invoice that they're paying online so that everything has happened offline? Are you still doing paper contracts? Is there a, a project management system where you can walk around with, with an iPad or a, a mobile device and upload information that the homeowner can can see real time from their own device that you weren't using before or can you have virtual meetings like we're meeting virtually right now can you have virtual meetings with with clients to do your your progress meetings those are things that a lot of businesses have flirted with and talked about doing but they've never really implemented it because what they were doing was working and it's the old if it's not broken don't fix it well, right now, a lot of what worked before is broken and has to be fixed. Mm -hmm. So that's that's kind of where where we're going. So the the biggest challenge for businesses is that is to take all of those things. It's almost like you have to brainstorm, and then you have you you can't do everything at once. So you have to, and and that's where a, a coach you know can really help you to to develop like an onboarding process to implement these different processes so that you, your business continues to do what it did before in the way of deliver the same quality of product or service, but yet does it slightly different way. Mm. Yeah, very good point. Thanks for sharing that. That's really important. So what are you doing to pay it forward? Are you, what are you doing to pay it forward within your community or just in general? Well, well, the biggest way that, that I pay it forward is is just by being the, the keeper of information. I mean, people will will generally come to me all the time with with questions, and there's that 
there, there's that piece, and then there's continuing to spread the message. So most of what people like you and I do through putting out our own information is we're is we're providing content that other people are are learning from, and at a, a relatively low price point, and then they they figure out where they can uh, can decide to double down and actually start paying for that to to get to that next level. But we we do provide a lot of a lot of stuff out there for for people to make their early business decisions to figure out where they want to go. Excellent. Well, speaking of sharing that information and being the keeper of information and sharing it out, we are going to pay it forward right now. Are you ready to do that? Sure. Excellent. All right, listen up, Abundant Leaders. If you want to take full control of your personal economy, put your leadership and business skills to work, you absolutely can start your own business coaching business. The fact is business owners need professional coaching more now than ever. And as a business coach, you get the opportunity to put your skills to work, provide a critical service, and get duly compensated. Now, if you're saying to yourself, I would like to change careers, I would like to enhance my current career, or I would actually like to be a profitable business coach, that then brings up the question, how do you structure a coaching business? How do you get paid? How do you get clients? These seem to be the biggest questions that I hear when I'm talking to people who want to start a coaching business, specifically a business coaching business. How do you do one-on-one coaching and group coaching? And how do you set up a member site to create continuity within my coaching business? And then, of course, even if you can't figure all of that out, what's the investment? Well, I'm going to answer all of those questions for you and much more. All you have to do is go to BCB. Bravo Charlie Bravo dot AP dot com. That's where I will be sharing with you how to give yourself a raise whenever you like, gain more leads than you can handle, so you can be very selective about who you choose to work with. You'll find out how we get clients fast results so they stay and pay for years, not just months. I will share with you how we literally show the prospects the money so you don't have to sell. And more importantly, to me anyways, you will potentially be saving lives and marriages, possibly even yours. It really is that serious. Now, if you're ready to take full control of your personal economy, put your leadership and business skills to work, and you believe that starting your own business coaching business might be the solution, then head over to bcb at apbusinessmastery.com. And don't worry about trying to write that down. You'll find the link in the show notes. Now, let's get back to the conversation. So share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today. Okay, so the first actionable step is going to be understanding where the, where the money is in, in the sense of this is a good time to go back and look at where you're where your financials are, where your bottom line needs to be, what is your break-even point, and then figure out coming out of this where your offerings need to be in order to hit that point, so that your cash flow, like we talked about earlier in the episode, your cash flow is in the red, is in the black, and not in the red. So you have to know what that break-even point is. So that's that's the first one. Yeah, definitely. And, and explain to those who don't may not know, even some business owners, 
What is the break-even point? So you had mentioned earlier about somebody that you were talking with that, like, say they, they have $400,000 in revenue, but at the end of the day, they don't have any, any money. So a lot of people that are out there bragging or talking about how much money they make, they're talking about making five figures a week or six figures a month or what have you. But how that's projected is not always reality of what, what they're seeing because depending on how your business is set up and in what, what it takes to run your business, you, you have money in and you have money out. So the break-even point was going to be where the money in is enough to cover the money that has to go out so that you're not dipping into reserves in order to cover your expenses over a given period of time. And that would include, obviously, as a business owner, compensating yourself as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, for sure. So basically all the expenses and then what you're making. And I have this saying that, Revenue feeds your ego, profits feed your family. Because, <laughs> like you said, and that's you, the truth. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you hear it all the time. I made six figures. I was like, okay, so how much did you? A lot of these guys are paying you know, several hundreds of thousands of dollars just in marketing alone. Not a, not a, not even including rent, utilities, cost of goods uh, sold, and employees, and so on and so forth. If that all that is a factor, but they don't want to share the the bottom line, that net profit. And yeah, that, that's definitely the truth. The, the, the second thing is you have to be really careful during these times to to not compare yourself to, to other people because there's lots and lots of people, an exorbitant amount of people that were not struggling a month or two ago that now are struggling. Mm. And when people struggle, they tend to not want people, other people to know they're struggling. So they will talk around their struggle and you could be taking advice from people that really aren't the right people to take advice from. Right. So be really, really careful who you take your advice from. And one of the things that, that I would really suggest during this period is, is look at the character integrity of these people. And that, that is really that because that's, that's what's going to the strong are going to survive this for sure. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. So what are some of the rituals that make the biggest impact in your life, Tim? Well, one of the biggest ones is, is just keeping, keeping a consistency, keeping a consistent schedule. So I, I find that when, when I am at my best is when I'm, I'm staying in shape, I'm eating right, doing the things, the journaling, the stuff like that, that I know helps me to get my, my thoughts in order. But Writing it down and listing out goals and tasks and things like that, not not at a very, very complicated process, but simplify that so that you have a direction every day and, and understanding that you may not win every day, you may not win every week, you may not win every month, but you have to look at the whole big picture. So we talked about that a little bit with implementing changes going through this is that you're not going to do it all at once. So you have to look at it more like a marathon and not a sprint because you will burn yourself out. And once you're burned out, then everything goes downhill. Right. Yeah, definitely got to take care of yourself. And I like the fact that you talked about trying to keep some sort of a, a schedule with everything going on. I think I've done a pretty good job at that. <laughs> what are you reading or listening to that you'd recommend to our abundant leaders and why? 
It, it's funny because I've been reading this book, and I'm, I'm going to grab it here, so bear with me one second. But it's I, I started reading it, and I've been reading it kind of in my spare time, but it's the, A World Without Work, I believe is what it's called. And, and it's interesting because nobody's working right now. So it it, it talks about the indoctrination of the AI and, and how over the years it's, it's going to transition. And, and a lot of businesses are going to be um, fast-forwarding some of these these processes. I've also reading some fiction as well. I've taken this time to to get a little. Dave Baldacci is one of my favorite authors, so I've been reading some of his fiction stuff as well, catching up because I've spent the last few years reading almost all nonfiction, and said, you know what, this is a, a time to because reading is reading, and I, and I I think there's there's a certain amount of entertainment to it as well. So those are. Those are two big ones that I've, I've been reading. What I like to do is I like to go back and I like to pull up old books that I've read in the past and reread them from time to time, at least parts and pieces of them. There's one, um, Six Months to Six Figures by Peter Boogs, one that I pull out periodically where I, I wrote some stuff down in that. So, so that, that's another thing that I would recommend to um, your listeners is mastery and gaining expertise expertise doesn't necessarily mean you read it once you put it away you never look at it again so everything you read is a resource and if something makes sense to you and you can learn from it don't be afraid to pull it back out and read it again yeah that's a good book too six months to six figures i have that one on audio uh, but oh, I, I used to lend out my physical books and then i would never get them back <laughs> So if if I ever want to recommend a book to somebody or I want to get, I'll just buy the book for them and have it sent to them because I have my books for references. I like to keep my, the oldest, two oldest books that I have on my shelf are Think and Grow Rich and How to Win Friends and Influence People. And they're wore out. I've got notes and all kinds of stuff written inside. I write a lot in my books too, my physical books. Yeah, I, I just, I read Think and Grow Rich again about a year ago. I went back and I reread it. So, yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, for sure. So what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Uh, probably fear. Where do, where do you that, think that fear comes from? Fear of what? Well, I think I think the fear is is person to person. But and, and fear is such a broad brush term. But but in general, it it's. It's a scarcity mindset. It's people in general, there, there's very few people that really go out and push the envelope. And and people get into this like an easygoing comfort type mindset where they, they get a little bit complacent. And unfortunately, when you when you do that, and, and this is something that took me some years to really understand this, but as a, as a business owner versus being an employee, there, it's a completely different mindset. And as an employee, somebody in that business, if, if the business is successful, is going to be figuring out like, hey, you need to get trained on this. You need to update this certification. Hey, there's this new technology coming out. We should maybe hire a consultant to help us get started on that or, or onboard our employees. Or, or maybe we should send these two or three key employees to a conference. Or maybe we need to update our insurance or wh whatever that's going to be. Somebody in that business is is taking care of those things. And the employee 
at, at a lot of levels will, will come to work and do their job every day, somewhat taken for granted that, that those things are taken care of. And once you become a business owner, a lot of people out of the gates are, are they're full of gusto and they're all excited and they're going out and they're sponges and they're learning all this stuff. And then they go out and they make a little bit of money and then they get complacent and they say, okay, now I'm done. Now I've, I've mastered my business. And I think right now what we're seeing in in the economy is your business is constantly going to be changing. Right now we're going through one of the most drastic changes that a lot of people may ever go through. But that doesn't mean that last year and two years ago and three years ago your business wasn't changing. So the people that are adapting as as business changes and constantly learning are the people that are – are going to survive through the past the statistics of the, the one and the three and the seven and the 10 years in business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Very good point. No, thanks for breaking that down like that. So what does being a man of abundance mean to you, Tim? Well, I, it's, boy, that's such a deep question. So, so number one, it's, it's bigger than you. And if you think of the, the hero's journey where, where you go through the, you, know, you, you leave your, your normal or your comfort stage and you go through life's trials and tribulations and everybody goes through them on some level. And then when you come out on the, the back side of that and wh- whatever that direction takes you into, you, you do it, it, it becomes bigger than you and you're doing it for somebody else. Like you talked earlier about paying it forward. And that's, that's really what I think it's all about. So that's that's with your family, leaving your legacy for your family and teaching teaching your children how to teach their children and so on and so forth and people that you impact on a day to day basis. And and like like you and I, when you're out there spreading a message, I feel like you have a an, an obligation, if you will, a responsibility to to give it to people the way they need to hear it so that they can they're, they're taking what you say seriously and they're, they're running with it and they're making big decisions based on it. So living within your abilities, but also not being scared of what your abilities can, can do or can accomplish and not letting people talk you out of where you really want to be and where you feel like your, your niche in this world is. Mm. Wow. Wonderful answer. I love it. So listen, man, we're definitely going to have the 10 factor.com. That's the number 10 the10factor.com linked up in the show notes. But before I let you go, what did we not talk about you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today? Boy, we covered so much. I mean, you did a good job asking me a, a lot of questions that I, I think we really we really did cover uh, a lot of different stuff. I, I would just um, tell your listeners that, hey, know that life is hard. Uh, you're going to hit roadblocks. You're going to stumble. You're going to fail your way forward and fail your way to success. And just just don't give up on what you believe in. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that, man. Well, listen, man, it was a great conversation. I absolutely knew it would be. Go out, live your life of abundance. Keep paying it forward like you are because it's making a huge difference. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks so much, Wally. My pleasure. All right, Abundant Leaders, your action step for today is to continue growing your mindset. continue building the abundance muscle and take focused action on the action steps that are going to get you to where you want to go. Just one quick note on this taking action part. Some people 
are not taking focused action. I hear it all the time from various coaches and business owners that I coach because they're constantly saying, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this. And then when we break down what they're actually doing, they're not doing any actionable steps. They're not being focused. They're messing around on social media. They're reading the same book over and over and over again, but not taking action on it. Or they're reading multiple authors and getting confused on a topic. You have to get focused. And listen, if you need coaching, if you need mentorship, then reach out to me. To be completely frank with you, I may not have the capacity to take on another client or to mentor somebody, rather it's a pro bono or it's a paid relationship. I only take on as much as I'm willing to handle because get this, I enjoy my lifestyle, but I won't leave you hanging. I will introduce you to a coach or a mentor that I know and trust, possibly even somebody that I've personally trained. So consider that if you're struggling and you're getting frustrated with the results. Remember, progress equals happiness, and you can't progress without focused action. Now, go out, live your life of abundance, and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.